Nothing But the Words, special three-part series, What Successful Authors Know, episode number 98, Accept It or Reject It. Welcome to Nothing But the Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis. I hope your week and your writing are continuing to go really, really well. This week, in celebration of the launch of my new group coaching program for nonfiction authors, I'm dropping this special three-episode series, What Successful Authors Know. I created Authors Ignited to give people not only all the information they need to write a phenomenal nonfiction book, but all the support they need, including coaching and feedback and accountability from me and from their peers in the group. And some of the things that we provide are what we are covering in this three-part series. If you join Authors Ignited by Saturday, April 9th, 2022, you'll also get free access to my upcoming one-day virtual writer's retreat. Check it out at authorsignited.com. In the first episode of this series, I shared the value of frameworks and how successful authors use them to make writing a book a lot less stressful, a lot more fun, and a lot easier to actually finish. So let's dive into this second episode of the series. When I started off in my writing career, I wrote literary fiction, and I still do write literary fiction, by the way, but I no longer write it exclusively. In the beginning, that was my sole focus. And at that time, self-publishing, as we know it today, really didn't exist. What we had at that time were vanity presses. And the bottom line for most people was that if you publish with a vanity press, it was looked at as a stain on your career and in many cases could actually impede your ability to get a traditional publishing deal. Now, this was not that long ago, y'all, but it was just at the advent of social media's popularity. Amazon was not doing self-publishing yet. They did not have that arm of their business. I mean, people were at that time getting on MySpace and Black Planet, if that gives you some idea of the time frame. It was a while ago. During that period, literary agents like to tell us aspiring authors who wanted to go out there and write literary fiction novels and novels of other kinds, that one of the best ways to land an agent and eventually get a publishing deal was to get published in literary journals. And this was an incredibly competitive process. Lots of people who wanted to get published, not so many literary journals, and not so many pages in those journals for us to take up. If you haven't lived through it, you might find it hard to understand the pain of this process. People who can understand it, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, who have had to audition for spots over and over and over again, and have recognized that rejection comes way more often than acceptance. Basically, as an aspiring author, you had to send your short story or your essay to a literary journal and then wait often many, many months to hear anything back. A few journals took more than a year to respond to my submissions. And many of those same journals forbade simultaneous submissions, which meant they did not want you to submit the same story or essay anywhere else until they deigned to respond to you. So you might wait six or nine or 12 months to see if they would accept or reject your submission. Then you might get a rejection and have to start the whole process over again with the next journal. Y'all, to add insult to injury, those rejections often came on tiny slips of paper 
Sometimes when they were really generous, they would, this was, yes, snail mail. Everything was still done by snail mail, even though we had email. This was when they would send it in an envelope. Sometimes it'd be a half page. Like that's like really nice. They said, not, I mean a half page of typing. I mean a half a page of paper and it might have a couple of lines of no thank you on it. Sometimes though, it would be just a little slip of paper. Like they had cut a sheet of paper into 20 parts and typed on each part no, we don't want this and then send it to you. So it was kind of insulting to get this legal size envelope out of your mailbox, open it up and just see this tiny slip of paper that says no and go away. (laughs) The best rejections were those which actually gave you some encouragement and a personal note about something they liked about your story. Now, I will admit I broke their rule about simultaneous submissions and I broke it liberally. I often submitted stories to multiple journals at once, sometimes as many as 10 or 15 or 20. I even paid a service to do submissions for me so I could do more at a time. As soon as I received an acceptance from one journal, I withdrew my submission from all the other places, but I just was not willing to put my writing career on hold because they said I had to. So the submission process, as you can imagine, turned out to be quite challenging for my friends and for me as we were going through it together. And we did go through it together. But it taught me an incredibly valuable lesson about the work I put out. It taught me something successful authors know. And that is, if you want to succeed in this book publishing game, you have to raise the standard on what you produce. Some people think that because we can self-publish now, we don't need anyone's approval. And that means the standard has been lowered. I needed approval to get into a journal. So I polished every single piece before I sent it out. I would never have sent anything out without revising it many times over and also getting feedback from my mentor at the time and from my colleagues. So I will admit that I sometimes too feel like self-publishing has somewhat lowered the standard for some authors. Some people have actually even pulled off the trick of publishing subpar books and selling really, really well because they've built solid marketing machines. I'm not sure I would want to sell really well if I wasn't proud of the book, but that's not my standard, right? Their standard is their standard. And they are the exception, not the rule. Quality still matters, whether you publish with a traditional publisher or on your own. It doesn't make a difference. Successful authors raise the standard on their own writing, but as you may have heard me say many times before, they don't do it on their own. They have help. They have someone to coach them along the way, just like I did when I was submitting to literary journals. They raise the standard not only for their writing by giving it a clear structure and flow so readers don't get lost or get confused. They also raise the standard on their revision process, right? So they don't get overwhelmed or get stuck rewriting the same chapter over and over and over again. They raise the standard by telling compelling stories and sharing really clear insights so readers don't have to struggle to figure out what they're trying to say. They give it all in their books without holding back. Successful authors do not try to write their books in a weekend, (laughs) send it off to layout and cover design and be done with it. They do not consider that to be a well-written book. It's almost impossible to do. They don't whip out 30-page pamphlets, slap their names on the front, and start promoting their books as the next great American novel or memoir or self-help book. They know better. Successful authors care deeply about the quality of their writing and their layout, and their cover design, and they put in the effort to produce a book they can be proud to have their name on. Work is required, friend, and successful authors embrace the work. 
These are the kinds of clients I work with, people who can resist the urge to meet some arbitrary timeline if it means sacrificing the quality of their book. People who are also willing to keep writing so they can meet their deadlines, but in a way that represents them as they want to be seen. Even if you self-publish, your book should be able to stand next to a traditionally published book on any bookshelf or on Amazon.com and still shine. Be willing to raise the standard for your book and be willing to do what it takes to meet that standard. It does require effort. This is the type of work I help my clients do. And if it's the type of work you want to send off into the world, please check out Authors Ignited at authorsignited.com. It might be a great fit for you. If you join by Saturday, April 9th, you'll also get access to my upcoming one-day virtual writer's retreat as a bonus. However you go about it, be focused on making sure you create a book that you can send out into the world to represent you because your book will live longer than you will. Your book will go into places you will never go. For many people, it will be your only representation that they ever interact with. For other people, it will be the first way they meet you and it will mold their opinion of you before you ever share a word with them. That's all for this episode. Check your podcast player for the third and final episode in this series, Who's in Your Corner? Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author, Coach Candace L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.